Before we jump into our episode, we'd like to take a second to acknowledge that 2020 is fucked and the world is on fire. We have been faced with one challenge after the other, and we know we still have a long fight ahead of us. We're hoping this podcast can serve to refuel us all as we continue to face these hardships. We do still have four months left of this year, including an election. So there's that. We hope this brings you a little more laughter and levity in these challenging times. Love you lots. Okay, bye. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us. This is... Are These Books Drunk? <laughs> oh, my God. It just never gets better, you guys. It's okay. It's not meant to. <laughs> oh I'm Brandy. I'm Emma. I'm Mariana. And we are girlfriends coming to you from three different boroughs in NYC, Manhattan, Brooklyn, and Queens. For over four years now, we have loved getting together for cocktails and conversation. Our meetups turn epic since we are passionate women. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Yes. But due to the pandemic, we've come up with a new way to connect while inspiring each other. And even though we are different, we find common ground in our friendship. We hear each other. And now you hear us too. (laughs) (laughs) This is your book club with a twist, and we are your happy hour girlfriends. Each month we'll discuss a book broken down into chapters and a curated cocktail pairing to go with each one so that you can read along and sip along with us. This month we're talking about I'll Drink to That, the autobiography of Betty Halbreich, the iconic personal shopper of Bergdorf Goodman's solutions department. For this episode's cocktail pairing, we actually went a little unconventional and chose a virgin cocktail as a wink. I know. As a (laughs) wink. Who would have thunk? I need to speak to management. Seriously. Who came up with this idea? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. We did this as a wink to her presumably losing her virginity on her wedding night, as she mentioned in Mm. chapter two. But... Emphasis here on her losing her virginity, we three have opted to make her not so virgin by adding mm. alcohol. So see There you woo-woo. go. I hello. I know us. <laughs> <laughs> this mocktail slash cocktail features pomegranate juice as a nod to her Jewish upbringing, as pomegranates are highly symbolic in Israel, representing fruitfulness, righteousness, knowledge, learning, and wisdom. Many attributes mm-hmm. that I think really um, ring true with our Betty. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, while she doesn't have an official name, we are calling her You're the Palm. Get it? Like pomegranate juice? Oh, dear. Oh, <laughs> I dear. love you, Emma. <laughs> That's for Fred or love. That's for you, Dad. Aww. <laughs> Hi, Fred. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> He's listening. Here to share the recipe for this refreshing beverage is our official, unofficial bartender in lockdown, a.k.a. my husband, Ricardo. Ricardo! Hi, ladies. Come on down. Hey. Hi. Welcome to the bar. Oh, thank you for having us. Of course. The cocktail of the day. It's called You're the Palm. And 
a very fresh cocktail. We yeah. we need to do a little bit of preparation before the actual recipe, and we need to put a little thin layer of sugar at the bottom of our glass, and prepare a little bit of crushed ice and a straw. I'm gonna explain everything later. Um, okay. The recipe is pretty simple. It's one ounce of pomegranate juice, one ounce Yum. of fresh squeezed orange juice, and oh the juice of half of a lime. Then we're gonna add our spirit. The spirit is gonna be vodka. Uh, you can even use love it. white rum if you want. I love white rum, but it's not for everyone, especially for Emma. She hates rum, so let's go for vodka. <laughs> I'm using rum, Ricardo. Okay. If you feel any better. Good, oh, good for you, yeah. Brandy. Good. So I would re definitely recommend one ounce of uh, spirit because it's way more balanced. But knowing you, uh, you two can two or three. You can <laughs> pour, yeah, you can pour two, two or three if you want, <laughs> and soda water to top the cocktail. And the good thing about this cocktail is that you can even make a virgin version without the spirit, and it's gonna be tasty and refreshing anyway. So, oh, like in case you have kids or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so the. Mo one of the the thing that we need to to learn about this cocktail is the way that we actually need to drink the cocktail because you don't have to stir it brandy <laughs> because <laughs> you have to sip it along with the straw and in every sip you just need to have a little bit of sugar from the bottom of the glass. Oh. Like it is Put a little sweetness yeah, into it. Mm -hmm. It's the same idea of a mojito. It's oh my very goodness. fresh and refreshing, summery, and oh. that's the cocktail. It sounds delicious. Yeah. Enjoy, ladies. Well, thank, thank you, Ricardo. You. you know what we like. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, ladies. Bye. All right, ladies. L'chaim. Cheers. Salud. <laughs> Clink. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so good. Ooh, I love it's the palm. It's the palm. Thank you, Brandy. Drinking this cocktail and like reading this book has made me so nostalgic for having a drink sitting outside with you guys at a oh restaurant. Oh my god! I know. I can't even remember the last time we were able to do that. But this drink I is know. so summery, and the book is so fun that I was like, oh, if 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 things the next only, best thing sitting if outside. Only. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> next best thing to being together. <sighs> True. 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 So today we're talking about the first two chapters of this book, which cover Betty's childhood growing up in an affluent neighborhood in Chicago's South Side in the 30s, the boy crazy years mm -hmm. of her teenage and early mm -hmm. college life. That's right. Mm -hmm. And the whirlwind meeting and marriage to her husband, Sonny Halbreich, the handsome son of a wealthy New York City family. It's such a delightful little read. 
and her childhood seems so idyllic and like sort of old world when she talks about her grandma's peignoirs and the table linens her mother used for parties. And the I felt food. like I was stepping back in time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Something that we didn't, I, I mean, it's during the Great Depression and it's so interesting to right. just see yeah. what, how she went through it. Not what you would yeah. normally expect during those times. Right. Although right. she does at one point sort of hint to to a little detail that, that made me think maybe times weren't as easy for them as she would have us right. believe. believe. Mm-hmm. Listen, I've got a lot of thoughts about a lot of things we read. Oh, yeah. But the Good. first thing I want to talk about coming out of the gate is Let Sunny. me guess. Yes. Sunny. Of course you would. <laughs> So Sunny is, of course, the dashing young man she meets while she's on vacation in Florida. Mm -hmm. In Miami. Uh, In in Miami. Mariana's hometown. That's right. (laughs) What, what? He and Betty meet, and it just seems like a whirlwind romance. They fall madly in love, and then before we know it, they're married. Right. But. (laughs) But. I kept having all exactly a big ass. But I just kept having no pun all intended. These... Pun intended. <laughs> hey, I'll drink to that. I'll drink to that. Oh my God, you already snuck it in there. Good on you. <laughs> she's she's sly. Mm-hmm. I kept having all these little red flags about Sunny, totally. and I wondered if you guys did too. Absolutely. I kept... Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's weirdness going on, right? Yes. Absolutely. I, I mean, it's like, it's clear that she was attracted to him. Okay, mm-hmm. we got that out of the way. She thinks he's very handsome. And he sounds like he is based on her description. And I do believe that she was in love with him. But yeah. there seemed to be something kind of like, I don't know, volatile underneath all of it. Yes. Again, Perfect though, word. but I did have to keep reminding myself of the time period. Like, uh, I, True. not that that's an excuse, True. but. That wouldn't fly in 2020, but in 1945 when they met. Yeah, they met in 1945. It was a different world. Yeah. 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 Well, so the first little whiff of trouble that I caught was when Betty comments in passing while they're still dating at this point. Mm. So you'd think he'd be on his best behavior. You would think. But she comments... How come Sunny didn't know what apoplectic meant? And at first, I didn't pay that much attention to it. I thought maybe she was just being a little vocabulary snob. (laughs) But when I thought about that word Mm. and looked it up, apoplectic, meaning overcome with anger. And I just thought, why would that have even come up in their conversation? Had they been arguing? Did she accuse him of something? Mm, So true. Yeah. So that was my first little... What is this? And then she just moves on. Mm. As she does. And then later, as she does. Time and, and time later, again. And later, yeah, they're in the frenzy of planning their wedding. And she tells Sonny, in a moment that to me seems very serious, she tells him she's not sure she's ready to move to New York. And he responds, mm. she says, with strength and determination and anger mm-hmm. that she can move to New York and she will move to New York. I hate that. Which, yikes. Yeah. It didn't even sound like an ultimatum because it, it, it didn't even sound like this is what it is or we're not getting married. It just sounded like, nope, this is what you're doing. Yeah. You must do this. You have no choice, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, I mean, if I that's not know. a red flag. Right. <laughs> Huge Betty, red flag. I mean, Betty. <laughs> I kept wondering, like, if her mom 
Like, did she need to ask her mom to break up with him for her? Or was she just that in love that she was going to go along with whatever it was? You know what I mean? Well, I feel like this is like a two-parter because for me, I have a lot of questions in was that fear out of marrying Sonny or was it moving to New York and starting a whole new chapter? And and the way she True. puts it, I feel like the, that was coming out of her fear of just relocating and moving to New York. You know, Chicago's not a small city, but, you know, it's not New York. Nowhere is New York. Yeah, so, it's not New York. Um, I felt like that was more where that was coming from. But, yeah, you can't help but feel that undercurrent of – insecurity in some sense about the man that she is about to marry and I feel like to Brandy's I guess second question if her mom Carol would have backed her up because she had in the past the reason why she went to Miami is because she had an unpleasant breakup with one of her neighbors and that's why they took a vacation so Betty wouldn't have to deal with it. Well, we say she had an unpleasant breakup, but it was really her mom who had right. an unpleasant <laughs> breakup for her. For her. <laughs> it's just so weird. Yes. Wait, sidebar. Even. I have to plug this in because this is just, this is what I think about that. I had like a traumatic breakup in high school. My boyfriend broke up with me and I was so devastated that my mom whisked oh. me away to New York. And again, having what? <laughs> having heard you say that, it was probably really more like an excuse for my mom to come to New York. But no, she... She knew that that would, like, get me out of my funk, which is so amazing. I never really appreciated that wow. in the moment. But, but was this your – this wasn't your first time because you had performed here before. So this was not your first time in New York, or was it? This was – no, no, no. My, I mean, my first time in New York was I was, like, seven on a, on a mother-daughter okay. trip. No, but I had okay. been here before. I, I loved the city, and that's probably why she brought me here. I mean, it was – She did, I was she so knew. devastated about this breakup that she was like, we're going to go to New York. But going along with that, so your mom took you away, and that obviously changed your perspective, and you moved no, on. No, it didn't. I was still devastated. Oh. <laughs> well, that, that totally like, I doesn't didn't meet, prove my point. <laughs> I didn't meet a very wealthy, like, renowned man while uh, I was here, and then whisk well, away and get married. But later on, fast forward to future Emma. Well, if sure. If that yeah. have happened, you might have never met the man of your dreams, which is now our AKA bartender in quarantine. Yes, <laughs> right. I know. You're finding the silver lining. You're so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but my sh- point is, mm-hmm. if Carol yes. would have backed her up and empathized with her insecurities and really heard her and seen her and like really mm. understood the situation... Of course, I, I think Betty would have had more questions than answers, and she maybe would have backed up. She would have been like, wait a second, I really I really need to think things through. Yes, mm. it was love at first sight. Yes, but she fell in love many, many times. So I don't know if maybe if Carol would have stepped in, if maybe she would have taken a second, like asked herself one more time, is this really what I want? Well, it sounds like it was a very extravagant wedding. Yeah. And I I think her parents were probably putting up quite a bit of that money. And so a part of me wondered, is she not backing out of this because there's already so much investment? Her father seemed so in love with Sonny as well. Yeah. And they've already shelled out so much money. And Otto, Sonny's father, keeps adding to it by inviting more and more and more people so a part of me wondered, did this just blow up into a huge thing and sort of trap her in the process? 
I feel like that's definitely a part of it. Yeah. She yeah. doesn't she doesn't seem very excited talking about well she also she never yeah. talked about the proposal. We don't even know all of a sudden it was right. just like, right. Oh, and now we're planning the wedding. Where was right. the proposal? Where was any joy, Betty? Well, and there was that very awkward moment where she's already engaged and then Otto, Sonny's dad, is the one putting what seems like this engagement ring oh. on her finger in I, this really awkward moment. I couldn't believe that. I, I right. was just like, how how does that happen? I get it. We're back in the Great Depression era, but it just it that's another red flag for me. That's just another I saw it as an arranged marriage. Honestly, I saw this as an arranged marriage. Both wealthy families, and they both needed each other. I think they both, Otto, just doing that in front of her family and in front of his wife and his son, it just, it it felt like they were bringing both of the families together, and they thought that this is what they needed because they had met each other's match. So it just... Well, and she describes mm. that moment as being in the grips of her father-in-law, which also just sounds so, like... disturbing. Sad. Yeah, like, he just had this hold on her, and, like, everything was decided, and that's it. Yeah. Which is so sad. It's very sad. And it makes me wonder if that's if that's why we don't hear more of those, like, delicious details about the engagement and the wedding. Yeah, yeah. and even in that... <laughs> Go ahead, Emma. No, I was just agreeing. Yeah, there's nothing about the oh, wedding either. Oh, yeah. I was going to say that also she did make a point saying that children that grew up, that had her strict upbringing wouldn't say no, that they shouldn't yeah. say the no and they don't say no. And at that point when Otto was doing that, placing that finger on her ring finger, she looked at Sunny. The for ring rescuing. on her finger. <laughs> yeah. What did I say? The finger the on finger her finger. The finger on her finger. finger. Your the palm has gotten you Slow already. down I'm on jealous. that drink, Mariana. <laughs> it's, Damn. It's warm in here. <laughs> in this, in this You're toasty in more ways than one. Woo. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, I am. But I'm ching. Anyway, but sorry. <laughs> you were saying he puts the ring on her ring finger. And she looks at Sonny for rescuing. Right. She says that, that she looks at him for rescuing. And he, and he doesn't does do anything. No. Red flag. Yeah. yeah and, and I think she even makes a comment about how he does nothing and, like, he acted as if this was normal. So almost. Right. Almost like grooming her for this is going to be life moving forward. Like, this is what it will be. Right. Well. And that's the life kind of that, to a certain degree, she's used to because she's used to being taken care of. She's used to, like, everything is laid out for her. Everything is presented to her. And then she really doesn't have any part in the decision making. So it's all about whatever everybody else says. And she's the baby in the family. And so as an only child, this is what I do. So I just follow Mm -hmm. through with what I'm told to do. Well, and couple that with the fact that she is in love with this guy. Yeah, I think she really is. I, I do, too. So, yeah, I can see her letting a lot of these red flags. I can see her either not being aware that they're red flags because yeah. of the way she was raised. Or even when she does recognize that they're red flags, her think like, well, I'm in love with this person. So this is what it is. And at least I'm... he dresses well. <laughs> right. True. But I'm wondering, though, because she does mention a couple of times it was love at first sight. Yes, that she loves him. But there is even I I found this quote where she says, quote, not only was he handsome, but his car. 
a brand new blue uh, Lincoln, Lincoln. Uh, Continental with red leather seats was one of the first luxury cars off the assembly line after war. Wait, was that about Sunny's car? Yes. Yeah. Wait, but remember earlier in the book, she talks about another guy's car. Yes. Well. But with that, she broke up with that. Well, she ran away from that guy. Right. Right. (laughs) She has a thing for cars. I guess she does. But why would you say that? Interesting. It just made me think, because why would you say that about the person you're potentially marrying? Yes. I'm falling in love with another. She also puts it. I've fallen in love with another. So he was just another one of her boys or her significant others right and then she's like he's handsome but he also has a great car the first luxury car in the country you know it's just it's yeah I mean I found it interesting through the through this the whole bit of the book that we've read so far it's interesting what she chooses to talk about and what she doesn't Mm -hmm. right and I felt that way the most about the honeymoon she talks about the clothes she talks about architecture she talks about the events they go to she doesn't talk about their relationship at all and I feel like that's sort of the same thing with this car is like Mm. she talks about these um sort of materialistic things sometimes and then glosses over the things that I'm like wait I I want to know about that like I want to know the juicy (laughs) details details (laughs) yeah I want to know about your relationship I want to know what the hell happened on that honeymoon like come on and she just doesn't divulge well, she does say a little bit about losing her virginity. I mean, she doesn't even really talk much. Okay, if I'm being honest, actually, like if I'm thinking back to my mini moon, we'll say, I guess like when people ask me how that was, I was really mostly talking about the meals that I ate and the things that I saw and what I did than I was talking about, like, Ricardo. Like intimate details. Yeah, I mean, because, well, maybe that's just, maybe because we weren't, like, on a secluded island, you know, or, like, Hawaii. I mean, (laughs) uh, we were excited to, like, explore where we were. So I... But you're also not writing a book about that. (laughs) True. You know what I mean? Like, if you're writing a book about it... Yes, but at the same time, she's writing a book about... I mean, ultimately, I'm assuming, I'm hoping that we're going to get to the point of her talking about her being a personal stylist and shopper at Bergdorf. So I think it is mostly about clothes. So I don't think it's that weird that she's talking mainly about her clothes. Um, But, I mean, she does – she, like, gives you a little touch into the first night. She said – I actually wrote it down because I thought it was really interesting. Well, she said the first night together for newlyweds in 1947 was a novelty enhanced by exquisite silk and lace. Bergdorf Goodman's once legendary lingerie department became inconsequential when people started living together before marriage. Why spend a lot of money where there's no surprise? And she says that in response to the robe that she details that she wore on that night in her honeymoon. Which I think proves she was a virgin when they got married. I don't know. Right? I'm still questioning that. I think this, I honestly don't think it was her first rodeo. <laughs> she was too frisky. Yeah. <laughs> Because she did have a lot of other uh, guys that she was crazy about. Yeah. I well, think how many was... guys were you getting frisky with, Mark? No, I'm totally. <laughs> Wait, are we talking about me or Betty? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no judgment I want, zone. I want the juice on both of you. That's what I want. <laughs> no, but honestly, Emma, if we because you're the one that recently got married. Out of the three of us, we got married yeah. at different stages of our lives. So right. you just got married. You're pretty much still a newlywed. I feel like if you're uh, with the three of us and we're talking about your honeymoon, yeah, you wouldn't just talk about the places you went in the clothes. You would be like, oh my god, and Ricardo did this, and and we we watched the sunset, and I don't know the right. way he held me. I don't know. There would be there would be a little bit more details about your guys's relationship. I think as opposed to just talking about. And I get it. Clothes is very important. I understand. This is what the book is mainly about. Yeah. But right now, looking back, I wanted something else. I didn't want all the details. Just a little bit more for me to Just kind of hint really, at it. Yeah. Like, give me something. Something. I get that. I feel like I wanted that in terms. I wanted that farther back, like the proposal and the wedding night. I mean, she doesn't yeah. talk about the wedding night. Like, I think right. that is where I want more of that. The honeymoon. I'm like, whatever. Okay. Like, you do your sure. like. Go eat your lavish meals and like wear your cool outfits and explore the battleground and the pineapple plantation fields. They better be doing more than that. That's all I'm saying. And especially her sake. Yeah. (laughs) And she's insinuating that it seems to me that this could be a rockly relationship. We don't know how this will turn out, but it just that we already have that. Right. So wouldn't you think if the wedding night was such a memorable night that she wouldn't block that? Maybe she did. Maybe she blocked it from her memory. But she needed to connect the dots for us. And unfortunately, it it seems to me it wasn't a happy time. Because I know when I haven't I had the best situation or it wasn't a happy memory, I tend to not you skim give over all it. the details. Yeah. I talk about something else. Yeah, like around, around exactly. that event. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like she does. Like, oh, hmm. that meal was so good. Right. Meanwhile, we bickered through the whole thing or whatever. Yeah. I don't want to speak poorly of our Betty, though. I really like. I I don't think we are. I just I just think there's more to the story. I think. Oh, for sure. And I want to know where that goes. Same. Well, then this leads me to something else, because like you're saying, there's more to the story. Yeah. There's there's a lot of things that are kind of left out here and there. Yeah. And I know that she's purposely doing that, but I also think that there were certain things that were left out when she was growing up. There were secrets mm-hmm. that were kind of kept oh, from her. Oh my god, yeah. And yeah. she even says that especially when she was really young when she was growing up, um I I don't wouldn't I wouldn't be able to say how old she was. But when she was smaller, living in her parents' house, she even labeled herself as being a little pitcher with big ears. Because yeah. she would hear everything that was going. And I love that quote so much. Yeah. That really, I just, that's that was something that really hit me. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, because you, through, throughout those first two chapters, and especially in the first chapter, you hear her mom saying certain things and then we go to find out that her mom actually had a marriage previous to the marriage that she's Mm -hmm. currently in with Harry who's the man who raised her Mm -hmm. and then Betty kind of explains a little bit further and says that yes she did have a biological father and she had two dads which her first dad she was kind of prevented from having a relationship with So not only were they, her mom, Carol, and Harry hiding secrets from Betty, 
but she also had to keep secrets from them because she really desired to have a relationship with the person who created her which is so messed up that they, yeah that they kept that so from sad. her and and they they have their reasons i'm not judging them but this really hit close to home because my mom went through a similar situation and this is going to be something that I don't share very often. And it's kind of a recent thing that happened to our family. So almost three years ago, my mom was 54 at the time. She learned that her dad wasn't her biological father, which wow. oh was God. very hard to take in because then he's not my biological grandfather that's so she weird. just learned that at age 54 yeah wow can I add this might be way too personal and if you don't want to answer you sure obviously don't have to but how did like did her parents finally just come clean like how did she yeah on this no it, I won't go into many details mm -hmm. but my mom always had a sneaking suspicion that there was something off and that's Again, why little pitchers have exactly big ears. little pitchers have big ears. So she oh, yeah. she's always been a very observant person, mm -hmm. very mm -hmm. perceptive. Children are very perceptive, even yep. at a young age. And I think a lot of times Super. and again, not judging Carol and Harry, but parents need to be aware that their kids do pick up certain things. Yeah. And my mom wasn't privy to the whole truth. So my grandmother kept telling her as she was growing up, why do you, she always questioned her, why do you love your dad so much? Why do you love him mm -hmm. that much? Especially because he's not your real father. But she would make it as a joke. And my mom is the youngest of three, but my mom was the one that was very attached to my grandfather. So she would always, it was always, she was daddy's little girl. My abuelo Nacho was, Nacho for her was everything. So my grandmother name would always was make a note of his Sorry. nickname. Abuelito oh, okay, Nacho. Okay, 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 okay. okay. <laughs> his, but his nickname was Nacho. Everybody called him Nacho. Oh, Calls cute. him Nacho. Uh, so my mom always had that in the back of their mind, and she always felt lesser than. She always felt like there was something off. Mm -hmm. And so finally she decided to start researching. And oh. she did find out that there was no way that my grandfather... Wow. Her dad was her biological dad. So she, one, it, it was a traumatic experience to say the least. Sure. It was something that I never expected. Oh. But. And at the same time that your mom is learning this, you're learning that's correct. not my grandpa. Exactly. Right. Oh. But I needed to be there for my mom. Yeah. And, but it, it also made her give her a sense of like, oh, you know what? I knew that there was something going on. I knew that, that, that they were hiding something from me. My grandmother Aww. decided to keep this from her. And I think that keeping secrets from children, no matter at what age you are, is a detriment to the future of that individual. Oh, yeah. I don't think that can be done, especially something that's so significant, a relationship that's so important for everyone. Unless well, and like weirdly, put them in danger. it's... Sorry. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right. I was just going to say, weirdly, it's almost as if by making that joke, though, it's almost as if your grandma, like, wanted her to know, but, like, wasn't Didn't totally really coming clean. Didn't really want to say it. 
Yeah, yeah. there's something so weird she about wasn't... joking about it, right. but not actually saying it. Which no, Betty jokes a lot about a lot of things when she doesn't yes, necessarily want to does. be explicit about what actually happened. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's why there's a, that's why I was like, while I was reading this, I was like, oh my God, there's a correlation. There's a correlation. I can yeah. totally relate to this. I'm an only child. This is how yeah. it, it kind of blew my mind. Yeah, but then she... one of the, the most incredible things coming out of this whole situation and how I see my mom now coming out of this as a much better person is that she and I both realized that the most beautiful relationships and the most precious relationships are the ones that we choose to have. Yeah. That's so true. My grandfather chose to love her and to treasure her no matter what. I chose to love my grandfather no matter what. My mom now, even more so, she's more in love with him than she ever was before. So it's even if we're not blood related, it doesn't matter because they chose to love each other. And I think that's something that's so special. Yeah. Regardless of anything that happened regardless of how hard the situation was. Yeah. Yeah, that reminds me of um, when Harry, her non-biological father, there's a moment where he asks a guy, I don't remember the circumstance, I think when they're at the yeah. at the standard for like a wedding lunch mm-hmm. or something, and, and he asks someone, isn't she the most beautiful woman you've ever seen? And he answered, no. And then he never, Harry never spoke yeah. to the guy again. Like, he, he takes like, it so personally. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think there's something really beautiful in that, you know, that you still own them as if, as if they're yours. Yeah. Well, and she even says after the, after the wedding was all done with and everything that her dad got really sick from all of this stress of worrying about right. the wedding. Yes. And I have to think that a part of that, yes, there was this financial stuff or whatever, but I have to think a part of that was also just he's been so attached to this girl that he's been raising and now she's just going to be gone. And I feel like that plunged him into sickness or something. Like, he just loved her so much. And he kept saying, alluding to the fact because she was the baby, he always said, well, why isn't, who's taking care of the baby? She was worried even that she had the relationship with Sonny, but then they hit it off. So that didn't even matter. But she always worried about how would Harry feel about this being so serious. Yeah. The baby quote is interesting for me because I think it's funny how they're so concerned about her well-being because they Mm -hmm. didn't really seem to be when she was a kid. No. You're right about that. I mean, I'm not trying to say that they didn't care for her and that they didn't love her and that they didn't protect her, but there was something kind of sad about her childhood. You know, like, I I think that they kind of, like, left her to fend for herself. Like, treated her like she was much older than she was when she was young. So it's interesting because I do, I mean, the love for her is pretty apparent from her parents. Apparent from her parents. But (laughs) I don't know. Like, the way she talks about her childhood, like, left me. I mean, yeah, it was beautiful. and, And she was definitely privileged and taken care of. But there was still, like, a sense of love that I thought was missing like a dark I took it I kept feeling like especially when she's talking about how her mom dresses her and she talked about all these elaborate dresses and stuff that I had to go look up for pictures and stuff uh but I I had this sense of her as like almost a little doll like almost an accessory Mm. to Mm. her parents and I, I I do think they loved her so that's maybe a little harsh but 
I just kept seeing her almost as this little doll living in this perfect little dollhouse. But she's so lonely. She just yes. seems so alone. The perfect, the pretty little princess in pink. Yeah. Like I just, I really saw that. And she yeah. was an only child, so she was very much alone. Yeah. <laughs> she even, there was a quote I wrote down where she said, I was gifted so many good and beautiful things. Still, what I wanted above all else was to be with my mother. I but know. she and my yes. father were in home a lot. Yeah. When she describes some of those trips that, like, it seemed like they were holidays almost, the days she got to spend with her mom, just going shopping, like going to the butcher and going right, to, the, I love to get produce. It seems like such an event for her just to get to spend time with her mom. Yeah, exactly. Who she thinks of as, like, everything. she, like, lionizes her mm-hmm. parents. Yeah, she thinks they're everything. Yeah, she says play, playing dress up in her mom's closet wasn't so much about being in her clothes as it was being with her. Like, she oh she really gosh. did. I know. Yeah, and I think part of her, um, I think that that's how the clothes become such a huge, as we were saying earlier, you know, she has these defense mechanisms when she doesn't want to talk about things right. that might mm-hmm. be difficult. I saw that as a through line a lot in, in this whole first chapter about about her childhood and her memory for clothes and, and how that comes from her mom. Her mom had such a beautiful yeah. eye and taste for fabulous clothing. And so I'm, I'm sure subconsciously that kind of fueled her fire for why she's obsessed with clothing because that was her way to her mom. Yeah, it probably helps her feel a closeness even when she's not with her mom. Well, here you go, guys. There there was, she started talking about how she lived a life of quiet discipline. And she closes chapter one by stating that in the secret world of clothes, a world that I controlled, there was no need for the company of playmates because the clothes were my playmates. Oh, that's so sad. I know. (laughs) And so as an only child myself, I know, what a quote. That was so powerful. So because, again, as an only child, I can very much relate to this. I'm curious, where did you ladies find your comfort as children when you guys were young? Oh. Hmm. Hmm. I think comfort for me was definitely books. When I was about seven or eight, my mom decided to go to college. She'd never had the opportunity to go before that. Wow. Um, my mom grew up Jehovah's Witness. so <gasps> Really? She, oh, wow. Yeah, so she didn't go to college because my grandma literally thought the world was coming to an end. So why do you need to go to college? Wow. So when I was, I think I was like seven, my mom decides to go to college and she'd spend her weekends kind of locked up in her bedroom studying and my little sister and I would spend the entire day curled up in one of our beds. We shared a room. We had little twin beds. Mm. And we would just curl up in one of our beds and we would read books back and forth to each other all weekend. Aww. When we got hungry, I'd run to the kitchen. I'd grab us a snack and I'd bring it right back to bed. And we would just like keep right on reading. So it was like our own private little book club. How We didn't have cocktails because we were like seven. <laughs> we had PB&J. <laughs> <laughs> right, but it was still okay, even though we didn't have cocktails. It was it was fine. <laughs> That's so sweet. That is really sweet. Always yeah. a book lover. What's yours, Emma? Right. Yeah. I don't know if mine is... I guess it's not as comforting as yours, like, 
you know, snuggling up in bed with a book. That's actual comfort. I used to just sing show tunes in my room and, and dance of course and you create do. little skits. Give us, and give us a little run. Uh, or not. <laughs> <laughs> what was your favorite? Well, I wouldn't you even know where to begin. <laughs> I, well, you know... Oh, oh, the ladies who lunch. Did you sing the ladies who lunch? <laughs> you know, I did actually. That would have been loved perfect. Company. That song has been stuck in my head the whole time we've been reading this. The whole time. These two chapters. Yes. It's just like all I want to sing. <laughs> yeah, I've been humming it around the house. Uh, okay, a cappella. Let's go. One, two, three, go. <laughs> Here's to the ladies who lunch. Who lunch. A lady stretch. I can never yeah. do her justice. She's so ridiculous. I know. I know. I also like definitely organized my lip smacker collection. That really brought me comfort. In what way? You know, just knowing that there was an order, knowing that that they were all lined up in a color and that I could like write them down. And I had little I had lists of everything. Oh, and pogs. Did you have pogs? Did you collect those? I did. Didn't I had friends who did? What is a pog? Oh, how do you describe a pog? It's like a round <laughs> little cardboard disc, about yay big. I'm making a, a shape with my for a listeners. Fingers. It's like what, <laughs> like a few quarters size. Yeah, for listeners, yeah. you're not missing anything. <laughs> Nothing. It's no clearer, even though I can see her making this shape. <laughs> Oh no! Well, anyway, it was like Pokemon cards. Like you tried to collect them. They each had oh, like a design, like baseball cards for girls. Okay, but they weren't I cards. I guess if you want to get like gender specific, sorry. Okay, and, like the okay. Harry Potter cards, like the Harry <laughs> yeah, Potter. Yeah, there cards you go. What are Harry Potter collect? cards? You know, like there's an Albus Dumbledore, and there's a they make those? there's Nicholas Flamel, and. In the in the books, in the books, he there there are cards. <gasps> oh, that they can in collect. the book, yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm sure someone has created that actually. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I liked organization. I liked to make lists. I liked to get my things together and write down what I had, and that brought we would me have comfort. Been friends. And it still does. Oh, really? Were you a control freak too? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Major control See? freak. <laughs> yeah, I was a control freak, but I didn't have to deal with that because I was always by myself since I was <laughs> an Aww. only child. But in a good way. I didn't mind it yeah, because you had then the I had control. control. <laughs> exactly. <Right. laughs> That's the penultimate of a control freak. <laughs> there right. you go. So my games didn't have to be private because they already were because nobody else was around. <laughs> Except you probably had like stuffed animals to play with. That's exactly right. I actually Aww. did have stuffed animals, and they all had—I don't can't remember their names—but they—they all had personalities. They all had like their little quirks. Oh sure. And then I, but I did create an imaginary friend. Oh. Imaginary friend slash twin. <gasps> Whenever I was naughty, it was my twin. Stop it. Who surfaced? Yeah. What Her was what was what was Jessica. twin's name? Jessica. Jessica, she sounds evil. To this day, my parents remember. The other day, I brought, <laughs> I brought up Jessica. They're like, "Yeah, we remember." There yeah. was something about it that I just created this whole persona. 
I mean, the actress was there from a long time ago. Yeah. There was, whenever I I misbehaved, which is rare, I was such a perfectionist. I was like Miss Little Goody Two Shoes and the teacher's pet that it was rare. Yeah. But when I had my rebellious stages, that's when she came out. And I would wear this long PJ. Like it was a long nightgown that I would wear and I put it on my head because my hair was cut in a bob cut. So I would put oh. that on and I would pretend that I had really long hair. Hence, that's why I have Oh my God. Now. So now you look like Jessica. <laughs> exactly. That is so creepy. That's This makes weird. me think, did you guys, did either of you watch United States of Tara? The TV series no. starring. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know of it. What's Tony Collette. Yeah. yeah. God. Okay. Listeners. If you have not watched United States of Tara, 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 watch it. It is a masterclass in acting. She has multiple personality disorder, and she plays all of these different characters, and it is brilliant. Uh, It's like uh, the woman from Orphan Black who plays all of her own clones. and So good. Have you seen Orphan Black? Yeah, I did. I didn't finish it, but I've seen... A good chunk of it. So What's amazing about the way she portrays these characters is that sometimes the clones will play other clones, and you can tell. Like the Goody Two Shoes clone yeah. will pretend to be one of the other, the badass clone or whatever, and you can tell that it's the Goody Two Shoes clone pretending to be the badass. It's crazy. It, it it's she she's incredible. She's ridiculous. Should I yeah. watch? Yeah. I can't this? even. Absolutely. I guess so. You should watch the first season. Okay. And then you can, then you can give up. Maybe that's why I didn't finish it. But yes, absolutely watch the first season. Yeah, first season. It's worth a watch. Exactly. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Okay. One of the things I feel like we cannot not talk about is all of the food that this woman talks about in her early childhood days. Not only was I getting hungry, but it was like bringing memories from my own childhood, like screaming yes. back at me of like my aunts and my mom in the kitchen on holidays, like making all these crazy Mexican meals. Oh, yum. Like what? Oh, it was it was endless. Like it would always be a thing where like on holidays, this is so weird, but like all the men would be outside playing washers. Do you guys know washers? No, I have no like idea what that is. It's kind of like horseshoes, but oh. different. Um, but it's the same, it's the same basic game. It's just a little different, but they would all be outside and they would dig a big hole in the ground and they would cook the meat. Like the men would cook the meat outside in this hole for like hours. And then all the women would be inside the house cooking all the side dishes. So we'd have like, you know, fresh tortillas, chile colorado, enchilada, Mm. like tamale, like just beautiful, extravagant wonderful meals that while I was reading this, I was like, oh, God, I need to get home to Texas and eat some real you food. Sh- yeah, you me too. <laughs> no. But did so you guys good. have that at all while while you were reading this? I did. I did. I I definitely did. Mine were all, um, mine were all like holiday related. I kept thinking yeah. about the specific dishes that my dad makes for each Jewish holiday so um and they're they're still some of my favorite dishes although sadly I can't eat most of them as a vegetarian but the uh matzo ball soup that he makes every Passover is always 
my will always that smell and the taste will just forever be with me. Um, he just makes the best. Does matzo ball soup. soup have meat? Not always. I mean, typically it's made with chicken stock, but he puts like pulled chicken in his, oh. and oh, she's so good. Oh, I see. And he puts parsnips oh. in, so it's like a little, it's like a fancier version of matzo ball soup. It's amazing. <laughs> oh. And his latkes oh. sounds delicious. Oh, it's so good. His latkes that he makes for Hanukkah, you know, he like, grates the potatoes by hand, and it was oh a lot. It's a labor of love, but um. Yeah, I does feel he like still our generation has yeah. missed out on this kind of stuff. I feel like we don't do this stuff. Right. Oh, I definitely, if there's any holiday, luckily I haven't had to host any holiday at my house. Actually, for Passover a couple of years ago, I didn't know I didn't know where to go for a Seder, but I really wanted one. And I thought, well, there's no way in hell that I'm cooking for all these people because I was too daunted, <laughs> especially like I, I wanted there to be a brisket. There has to be a brisket. That's Passover. But I, you know, I don't eat meat or cook it. So I hosted yeah, Passover yeah. Seder at Fetisau. Have you been there? It's a great barbecue place. No. No. So I had a little Passover Seder outside on a picnic bench. And then when we got oh. to the festive meal portion, everyone just went inside and got their own, you know, brisket and pork and Everybody whatever. could get what they wanted. Yeah. It was actually, like, amazing and and really fun. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Did you have turducken or something? What did you do? For for Passover? For like the meat. Yeah, for like the meat portion cuz you didn't eat meat. Did oh, you, you mean at my house? Like tofu. Like did you have some tofu version? No. Isn't I don't... turducken vegan? Am I crazy? No, turducken is crazy. not. Turducken is Turducken is not vegan. But there's a version that is vegan, isn't there? What is mm-hmm. turducken? It's I don't like even a, know if I'm saying it right. It's like a chicken duck. stuffed in a turkey inside. Oh, a, no, a duck, a duck in a turkey and a chicken. Isn't that what it is? I don't know that there's any that chicken seriously involved. exists. Yeah, girl, turducken. What's <laughs> what? the end? What's the end part? Turkey, duck, Duncan, chicken, oh, turducken. You're Duncan. Yeah, what? turducken. It's for chicken. I never. I love that, that you were laughing at me just well, now. I'm glad I'm not me. the only and one that didn't one know. Wrong. You dumbass. There's no chicken aid turducken. Yeah, it's I'm pretty scary. I'm so glad I'm not the only one that didn't know. But there's a vegan version. I just can't remember what it is. There is, and it doesn't have a name. Oh, it's just like a big it's tofu. I was oh, thinking tofurky. of <laughs> That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, it's pretty scary. No, I don't I don't vibe with that. I just um I just don't eat the fake meat. You just stick to veggies, yeah. <laughs> I'm a culprit of eating fake meat. I actually really enjoy it. I, I am sometimes too. <laughs> I don't know why I said it. I lied. You I lie. totally love. You lie. I love a Jessica. Beyond Burger. Our <laughs> listeners are yeah. The Jessica's coming out. Jessica's else. in Emma's booth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just gonna say. Not that I'm going back to the question, but I yeah. What was the question? I don't even know where we are. I don't know. I'm drunk. Tradition (laughs) and food. See, I started off being really Mm. tipsy, and I'm the one bringing us back. What's up, ladies? Thank you. You run out of cocktail. (laughs) Uh oh. You need another one. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. About traditions. Yeah. When I was reading (laughs) this, I very much started thinking about Nochebuena since you were talking about festivities. What's that? I I think. 
I think you can relate, Brandy. Uh, Nochebuena yeah. is usually Christmas, but for Latinos or the Hispanic community, is celebrated on the 24th. So it's a huge oh. dinner on the 24th instead of Christmas being celebrated on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. So I would remember when I was growing up that we would get together in someone's house, a family member's home, and either my aunts or my mom or my grandmother, they would cook buñuelos. What's that? Natilla, pan de bono. Oh. Eh, Sounds sexy when you sound say delicious. it. delicious. I know. Pan de bono. Mm, say How it would again, Jessica say it? Pan de bono. I don't know what these oh, no. are, but I want them all. I so know. So they're basically the, the buñuelos eh, and pan de bono and... Um, was the other one natilla is not that but the other ones are colombian sweetbreads they're very difficult to make they're they're baked i've never tried making them but they were so delicious and so decadent and so i was sweetbreads like dessert or sweetbreads like the other sweetbreads uh the thing is you could have them as an appetizer you could have them as dessert like it just they were on the sweeter side but they were like they were a combination of being sweet and savory so okay. it, it was really up to you when you wanted to have them. But for me, I was just like, give me more. And I don't care when yeah. I eat them. Just give me more. So, yeah. Ladies, I think yes. as a challenge, we should. Well, I'm not going to say. Cha- no. Ladies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Emma, tell us what's happening. Ladies, as a yes. challenge. <laughs> I think... I will spit on my drink. Why? Because <laughs> that was the third or fourth time you said ladies. No, this was my first time. Yeah, okay. Ladies. No. <laughs> ladies. I'm coming back in fresh. I've never said this before. I'll edit oh. it out. I'll, I'll edit it in post. Ladies. As a challenge. Yes, Emma. I think... We should each try to make a version of these dishes that we remember from our childhood that we've never made before and see how close to the original we can make them. Okay, there's no way I can do this in my <laughs> Manhattan apartment kitchen. Then come over here to Bushwick. You can use my kitchen. <laughs> so I want this to be a challenge. I want to do you this. You want her to bake in a KN95 mask in your kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Evil. Doesn't that, as a tribute to Betty, we could. I'll but I think make we have my to dad's matzo ball soup. Right. We'll okay. give it a couple of months, and then we can do this challenge. And we'll report just be back. Like... We'll report back to the listeners. <laughs> not, no not that I smoke, but I could be like Betty's mom, who never cooked because she was too busy smoking. Yeah, right. you guys caught that. I, I did. Totally, and create marvelous food. We'll hire a staff and we'll, we'll watch them staff. cook. And I we'll felt just so sad. I mean, there were so many things that she said about her mom that I was like, Ooh. yeah, there were things that were really sweet. Yeah, and then there were things that were like, oh, I know. But I think a lot of it was also like I think we gave the men a break. We were like, well, it was 1945. I think there there's a little bit of grace that we have to give to the women too. It was yes. a different time. I was gonna say I'm not about to cut a man a slack because of the time period no, no, no. and not cut right. a woman this the same. Right. And actually, she, Carol was very progressive for her time. Like I said, she yeah, had she two marriages. Right. She there were a lot of secrets. Her and her That's nana, true. right? And Betty's nana were obsessed with men too. And I think. 
that kind of had a lot to do with well, and Betty being had obsessed. An abortion. Yeah, like, her like the, uh, Carol's friends. Someone within her friend group had an abortion. Right, which and Carol she was there them. to support her and be there for her, which at that time, yeah, would have been very um taboo, taboo. big yeah. time jinx. Wait, wait, wait. We haven't even talked about like all of Betty's Betty's boys. Mm, that's going to be the Obsessions. spinoff. Betty's yeah, boys. Yeah, we ha- we did not talk about her boys. She is. She says there weren't enough boys in the world for me. Like she, right? Prior to Red Flag Sunny, she had some escapades. Red Flag Sunny. She had quite a few escapades of her own. And she talks she about did. she talks about like meeting them and liking them and falling in love, and then she got tired of them quickly, and she was like, "Bye." Yeah, boy, yeah. bye. Except for. Was it George? The hockey player. Jo- the hockey player. Right. Who is she is heartbroken so much that she goes back home from being in college, what, for a semester? Or was it a full year? And then she comes back home and she doesn't go back to school. Well, her parents so hard- make her leave, yeah. right? Because right. they find out she's going to the guidance counselor or because whatever. She needs and help. I guess that's a no no. Mm. Yeah. And so they haul her little butt home. Mm hmm. But Um, I don't know, this is, I mean, this is like super coming full circle and maybe I'm getting a little too like philosophical here, but. Too drunk? No. Wait, what'd you say? Philosophical. I said. Just kidding. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Or tipsy. Tipsy? No. No. Where's Jessica? I am drawing comparisons here, gals. I am drawing comparisons. I am. Tell us. I'm just thinking like. And this is why I'm saying I'm coming really full circle because I'm coming all the way back to talking about, you know, her dad and, like, the trauma that that placed on her in terms of not having, like, her lack of relationship with her biological dad. Oh, yeah. I feel like there's got to be a comparison there. I mean, she – I wonder if there was ever, like, a sense of abandonment from her biological dad, even though I don't – it doesn't seem like that was his call. It seems like he actually really wanted to be a part of her life. Yeah. But – I'm sure that you still can't help but feel some sense of abandonment. And and that's pretty natural for you then to be seeking that in other yeah. male figures. Yep. So I, I totally agree. I totally, yeah. I, I think, I think when you go something like, through like that, when you're really young and you feel that, that sense of like, did I do something wrong? Like, do they not want me? Is right. it something that I did Aww. to to kind of create this absence in my life of, of a father figure? Like, what what what's wrong with me? And right. I think yeah. she kind of overcompensated that with having these relationships with guys who she wasn't very much interested in, but she would find something to love and she would hang on tight until yeah. she moved on. She said it herself. And then it, it also... Brings me to the point that her mom and her grandmother did the same thing. So I Mm. think she also learned a little bit of that Mm. from Carol and from Nana. Mm -hmm. There was something that they they were also very much, her her grandmother was always into doctors who were married. Like there is something that she learned from her, her, the significant figures in her life. So I think it's, again, as a child, you're very impressionable. Things that you see or or don't necessarily hear the full truth you you see it and you kind of follow through with that yeah yeah I mean I think I think she was just so starved for affection Mm -hmm. I think she felt a little bit 
left behind by her parents sometimes as much as she loved them and as much as they clearly loved her I think a lot of the time she just felt a little bit on her own a little bit lonely Mm -hmm. and I feel like I feel like this boy crazy thing and even her attachment to Sunny maybe comes from this sense of just like needing to feel wanted and needing to feel not alone like needing to feel that she had a connection to someone yeah and I think she was getting that because, you know, Sunny used to fly back and forth between Chicago and New York to visit her every right. week. So right. there was a lot of validation. But like, yes, I want this. I'm into this. I'm into you. And then I think when the reality of, okay, but now I'm uprooting you. Mm-hmm. You know what I just thought? There, there's something. Everybody was obsessed with Sunny. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Oh, in her everybody, life. She always everybody, has all these friends. Uh, and... Everybody. So I'm wondering if the reason why she doesn't bring much of the details of her relationship with Sunny is because Sunny didn't, wasn't obsessed with her. Mm. There wasn't that. Like, wouldn't you want that? There you see everybody need. just like, yeah. And, well, she, and yes, that's... he would show her attention. But the obsession right. that, that like, the I. The passion wasn't there. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And totally. that's why I wonder, does she skim over some of these moments simply because they didn't happen? Exactly. Like, do Actually, they not that, have that yeah. connection? And that's yeah. why we don't hear about these because extraordinary they, moments in her life because. They were non-existent. There was nothing to them. Oh, well, I, that makes sad. me really sad, and I really no, hope that's, that's even not the worse. Case. <laughs> it is worse. That is sad. No, she's a sassy lady. She needs. I'm sensing. I'm sensing that she's pretty sassy. Definitely. And guys, we're only talking about her first 19 years of her life. Right. So I'm sure everybody evolves and changes right. and grows. So I, I'm, I'm sure that because she became the icon that she became, right, was because she went through a lot of things that brought her that she overcame that yeah. brought her to who she became yeah so. i'm really curious if you looked at my about first 19 journey. years you'd see a lot of mistakes too yeah 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 sure. you look at my first 33 years you'd see a lot of mistakes <laughs> <laughs> i do need another drink uh, well ricardo wasn't one of them where's right? the bartender <laughs> no he was not of course not well listen really all it comes down to is i just want to play my favorite game my favorite favorite what's your favorite game for anyone that knows me well you know that one of my favorite questions that i ask almost anyone is what are your five favorite ingredients and i'm referencing food ingredients Usually. So like things that you see on a menu and then you're like, oh, I, this has such and such. Yeah, I want that. So I thought it. So I can't say rum, whiskey, vodka, tequila. <laughs> you can if you're a Those troll. Those Okay. <laughs> Just checking. Just but checking. Gin. I was trying to figure out go. what the fit. There gin. we go. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mariana and I have our five. <laughs> Where does wine come into play, though? Hey, or Prosecco? That's a bonus. That's a bonus. Gotcha. Sorry, Emma. (laughs) Yeah, wait. I don't like this game. (laughs) No, I have my five, though. I I knew you were going to ask this question, and I have my five. 
I have my five prepared. Okay, but I'm trying to bring it back to our Betty. So I thought it would be okay. really fun if I if oh. I asked you, what do you think our Betty's five favorite ingredients? Because she's oh. such yes, because she is such a yes. food lover. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking about this question the whole time I was reading the book. I was like, "Oh, she has she has favorite ingredients, huh?" Any- well, what are what did you come up with? I'm gonna channel Betty, and I am gonna say her five favorite ingredients. <clears throat> Go for it. <clears throat> Number one. Yes, lady. I'm thinking of like. <laughs> I'm thinking of like <laughs> like a creamy blue funky cheese. Yeah. Like I feel funky. Specifically I feel like <laughs> so do I. Oh, that's, that's just because it's in hot. My boot. Just kidding. Yeah. It's really hot in these boots. <laughs> it's like ninety degrees outside and we're in Oh, oh my god. god. Okay, I'm gonna say for this cheese situation, I'm really feeling like a Roquefort, like Ooh, a funky, yes. creamy blue. And yeah. I feel like it's very sophisticated. I feel like Roquefort is in her is in her future, is in her mm-hmm. path. It's in her path. Mm. I'm feeling... It's in my path, too. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling capers. Ooh, oh yeah, like yes. a salty Capers. little bite, and like maybe an I'm maybe I'm like seeing that on like a bagel with lox and cream cheese, like a little nod yep. to her Jewish yep. upbringing. Oh, that's also in my Love path. It. Okay, <laughs> capers or bagels with lox. <laughs> bagels all with of lox the above. And capers, yeah, all the above. everything. <laughs> I'm in. I'm feeling that's two. Okay, I'm feeling like Bing cherries. Yes. Bing, bing, bing. Bing, bing oh. specifically. I'm seeing like cornichons, like those little who cornichons. I don't even know what that it's is. It's like a little like baby pickle. Oh. That, Say that one more time. Cornichon. Oh my. Oh my god. They're gosh. like yay big, and it's just like a little miniature version of a pickle. It's like a, I mean, it's a, that sounds like the height of sophistication, right? Uh-huh. I feel yeah. I'm feeling a little I didn't bad know about those, this one. I had no idea that's how they were called. Me either. I had no idea. That's way too fancy a word for what that is. See, it's Betty. <laughs> what number is that? Is that four? Right. I think that's four. four. I'm gonna go with. Um, you know, I'm gonna say it. I think she is white flower. Oh. <laughs> Just flour. Yeah. It's very versatile. Right. You can do a lot with it. All right. You're on. What are her five favorite ingredients? Ladies. I'm going to say lemon because she's mm. so fresh. Oh. Mm-hmm. And tart. Oh. I'm going to say Tahitian vanilla because she's so fancy. I love fancy. the specificity of that. I know. Look at you, Brandy. She really thought about this. I mean, it's I not did. a surprise. I think extra dark chocolate, like super dark chocolate, mm-hmm. that most people would be like, I can't handle that. And Betty's like, no, no, I got this. Yes, that bitter <laughs> shit. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think rose hips because I just I just feel roses. For, I, she's, she strikes me as the kind of woman who has like really funky decor, but then she also has like tea roses in every room Wait, or something. Wait, rose hips? Yeah. Rose hips, Yeah. 
I don't know what that is. I think you typically add that to like desserts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it just adds, ah. it just adds an essence. Off the beaten path. And wow, my last one is Cambazola cheese, which is a cross between Gorgonzola and Camembert. <gasps> it's like a brie, but it has like, again, with the fun. I was going to say. Like, oh. It has these blue veins that run through Ugh. it for just that little touch of like sophisticated funk. Are I you want a cheesemonger, Brandy? I'm not. I had to. I had to research it. I had to research it. Well, I love my cheese, well. but I didn't know about that cheese. Yeah, we'll have to try it at some point when we get together. When we get to see <laughs> each other again. <sighs> what do you got, Mariana? What are your five? So the first one would be cinnamon. Mm. Yep. Because her dad had a huge sweet tooth. So I figured that why not cinnamon? Yeah. And he yeah. always wanted those home goods, not those baked goods from a grocery store. He wanted to make sure they were freshly baked. Class. So. And she's sweet and spicy, which cinnamon ah, is. Yes. Yeah. Um, I was thinking olives. Ooh. I almost said that too. I can see that. Because I, yeah, she was, there was a good chunk of the first chapter where she was talking about like the etiquette and like the way she needed to Mm -hmm. behave and for some reason in my mind I always associate olives with like etiquette like the aperitif or like the appetizer or the cocktail hour there's something about the olive that gives me like that sense of being very elite is there like a specific olive I don't know, like a Kalamata olive or... Okay. But those are... I know, those are the but black I want the... Ones. Yeah, I'm thinking of the green you one. You want the green ones. Like the big green ones? Yeah. yeah. Like a Castelvetrano? Oh, my. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Castelvetrano. That, yeah, that, that did it for, for some me. reason, I feel like Ricardo is looming over us because <laughs> we keep on Judging me so hard, Italian. yeah. <laughs> exactly. I just want to yeah. know. I just want to picture the olive. Okay, okay. Okay. Then I'm just, you don't need to picture this because we have it everywhere. Butter. Mm. Very decadent. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think that she, Crucial. there's always butter and everything. Yeah. yeah. Key. Then I actually thought a little bit further and I was like, I want to research this because I was thinking originally strawberries, but then I'm like, because she's so unique and she always focused on her mom's unique style and her style has always been so unique that I was like, it's not a strawberry. It has to be a little... So I found pineberry, which I didn't know what that meant. Do you guys know what a pineberry is? Yeah. So it's a... White strawberry with red seeds. Whoa. I know. And especially because her dad, again, baked goods is a big no-no. So I was like, this for any dessert, this needed to be implemented. And that very much goes with her whole thing where she would wear cardigans backwards just to be different. It's like the strawberry wearing its colors backwards just because it needs to be different. It needs to be different. There you go. I'm snapping in case you can't hear that. There it is. I'm snapping too. Yes, ma'am. Philosophical. And uh, last but not least, caviar. Oh, I mean, oh yeah. I yep. mean, these are good. Yeah. I am very impressed with these Those answers. Those were good. Great question. Hey, turned Emma. up. Good game. We did our research, Emma. It's my we knew favorite. it was coming. Did you? For some reason, we knew it was coming. We knew it was coming. Because <laughs> it was you. It's my favorite. <laughs> 
Oh, well, goodness. Oh, guys. <sighs> Does well, that guys, wrap I'll, our, our first I'll episode? I'll drink to that, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'll, drink. I'll drink to that. I'll drink to that first episode. Cheers. 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 One day we will be able to salute and cheers and everything. In person. I'm, I'm officially out of drink. All right. I'm out of drink, so thank you guys for listening. Big thank you to Jimmy Fontanez and MediaWrite Productions, as well as Text Me Records for our music. Next week, we'll be discussing chapters three and four. Ooh. Oh, that's fine. Let's see what happens with Sunny, huh? Yes. Let's see what happens with Sunny. <laughs> Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Are These Books Drunk to keep up with our discussion and what our cocktail pairing will be so that you can read along and sip along with us because it's always happy hour here. Yes, it is. Amen. <laughs> amen. You are so weird with this amen. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers to that. that. I'll, I'll drink to that. Bye, ladies. Ciao. Bye. Bye.